Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, as you're listening to us across the Fruited Plain on live radio here in Tampa Bay on three different stations and on iHeartRadio, letstalkfaith.com, Red Nation Rising, as you're listening to our show, we just want to thank you for tuning into iWorkFrame. And every day before we start the show, we always pray that something we say will impact your life to cause you to go deeper and connect in what you learn on Sunday with what you learn on or what you do on Monday through Friday. Every day, Martha, aren't we challenged with the things that we talk about here in order to take our faith deeper? Oh, most definitely. I'm, there's so much that um, we are learning from either the people that we speak with or the books that we read that really helps us to be able to do what we do every day. And that applies to every workplace, whether that's at home or in an office or out on the road doing whatever people are doing. You know, what's been really cool is just to see how the Lord has worked and I work for him this last year and, and growing the audience, but not just growing an audience because it's what we're trying to do is grow a movement an on-air movement of people who are taking their faith to work and really making an impact at work. I mean, that's right. what the whole I Work For Him Nation pledge is all about. Mm-hmm. Well, covenant is all not a pledge. We're not asking you to make a pledge to I Work For Him, but to make a covenant with the Lord that's the I Work For Him Nation covenant, which just asks people to pray for their coworkers and employees. We had a conversation just yesterday with a couple of uh, a small business people, mm-hmm. and we just challenged them. Hey, Start praying for your, your employees and watch what the Lord will do in their lives. How many times have we challenged people to do that and people come back and go, wow, that transformed how I think. Oh, many times. And I think the neatest thing is just having the conversation with them and the light bulb going on in their head that says, I can do that. I can be more intentional about what I'm doing and just seeing them embrace the opportunity that God's given them whether they own a business or are working in a business or working in um, any field of work, just having that ability to say, I can do something that is going to make a difference for the kingdom, even if it's praying in my prayer closet before I go to work. Maybe, even if maybe you're working in the basement of the building running the boiler. Is there anybody still running boilers anymore? I'm not quite well, sure. there's no basements in Florida. So, well, well, but this, this show's broadcast <laughs> no, on the nation where there are basements <laughs> in the buildings. But it, it doesn't matter what you do. No matter what you do, you can make an impact in your workplace by praying for the people that you work alongside, by looking for ways to serve them and befriend them, by looking for ways to pray with people when they're having a rough day. Right. But it's most important that as Christ followers, we are making an impact by doing excellent work every day. Yeah, and I think the thing that for a lot of people, it's just realizing 
that we have been placed where we've been placed for a reason. And it's not a holding spot for something later because then you waste all that time while you're there. Wherever you are right now is where God intends you to be to do something for the kingdom. So don't miss that opportunity today, wherever you are in your workplace, to just stop what you're doing, to stop reproducing, you know, go to the whole Romans 12, two things, stop copying the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Every day should be different. Every day we should be looking for ways to incorporate our faith into what we do. And that excellence that you display will make an impact on everybody around you. And it will help make your business, your workplace, more money. Whatever that workplace may be. Hey, don't go away. On I Work For Him today, we tackled the new book by Mark Batterson, Chase the Lion. And, and we were given this book by our good friend Donna Clute from New Life Solutions right here in Tampa Bay. And, and New Life Solutions is, is a place for women to, well, I'll let Donna explain what she calls a little bit later, but That's New Life Solutions idea. is a place for women for all different kinds of reasons. Uh, but this book, Chase the Lion, uh, Martha got the book as a gift and I'm like, well, you're not reading it yet. Can I read it? And I read it one afternoon because that's the way I do things. And I devoured this book and I'm like, wow, this challenge in the book is something we really want to bring out to our audience. And I thought, okay, as we close out the year, I thought this would be fun to bring this up and, uh, and just have the conversation. But before we did Martha, I thought, let's just cast a little vision. You know, we, uh, the new year's coming and what would you like to see the Lord do in our ministry in 2017? I got something on my head, so you can ask me that question. But what would you like to see the Lord do? Well, this, okay, so this is answering the question without people understanding the book that we're going to talk about, because I think they kind of go hand in hand. That's not an easy question for me to answer, because I don't think it should be what <laughs> I want to see the Lord do. I said do. it's a dream. Okay, yeah, dream said, a little while. The, well, what do you want okay, to see, see the Lord dream here's big? here's the other part. I'm not a dreamer. So this is really a challenge for I me. thought I was your dream. You are my dream. Or is it a nightmare? No. <laughs> okay. Right. No, but it's hard for me because I'm not a dreamer. Okay, but what? I, but, come on, you got to okay. think of one thing. Oh. <laughs> Fine, okay, I'll go no, first. I'll go, go first. first. All right. I mean, we, we kind of cast this out there, and this is, in 2017, we would like to see I Work For Him on 50 independent radio stations, conservative talk stations around the country, getting the message out of I Work For Him to stations that aren't just holding, having preachers on, but people that are that are conservative talk, and we can run in with that same conversation about incorporating our faith in our work. We're not aiming to be on, you know, uh, you know, CBS stations or ABC stations, whatever across the country. We're looking for, get us on 50 independent stations. Lord, we would love that opportunity to start grasping more of an audience around the country and challenging people the way we've been challenged. That's, that's my dream. It's a big dream. It and we're going to talk about why we're supposed to dream big. That's right. It is a big dream. And I think the exciting thing about it is being able to say, we don't know what that looks like. We don't know how to do it. We just know that, um, conservative Christians are listening and wanting to hear the message of the people that we're bringing on the air. Not just, not just you and me, the books that we're reading, like we're going to do today, the ministries that we bring on the people in their testimonies, people want to hear that to be encouraged and equipped in their workplace that it matters. And so that's why we want to get, I'm not sure you're answering the question. 
Okay. So how are you dreaming? I am... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's have to you knew that I gave you these. I always I give Martha the questions of a week course. ahead of time. Of course. All right. Of course. So she's. I'm sure she's dreaming the same thing. Okay. So let's just talk about this book. I'm going to give up on that question. I'm going to come back to you're going to give up on me. I'm giving up on you. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not giving up on I you. Know you're I'm just not. saying. Okay. But you knew the question was coming. Okay. All right. So. Donna gave us this book. She bought this copy of this book, Chase the Lion. Well, here's the funny thing. Let me just share this. She texts me because Donna is so great at this. We go back and forth. Hey, you got to read this book. This book is so great. I'm like, awesome. When you're done, can I borrow it? So we get a ring on the doorbell Sunday afternoon. I'm like, who's ringing our doorbell? Well, it was delivery. I had gotten the book delivered to me, compliments of Donna. She said, yeah, I decided I didn't want to give up my copy, even for a little while. So that was so sweet and such a blessing. And it's important to note that when Donna asked me, hey, Jim, I'm reading this great book. You ought to read this. I always say, no, you have to read it. And you really think I want to, that you want, because I get... We get, I mean, I'm literally. Well, we kind of always... have a rule with Donna because we're we're all big book readers that that it's like if she reads it and knows that it's something that we could talk about on the show. We need to read, yes. Then we read it, and right. so we were blessed by that. Okay, so so when you were a kid, you had to dream. I mean, did you dream when you were a kid? Like, okay, so I dreamed of being a firefighter, a, an astronaut. I think you know, a naturalist. I always wanted to just hang out in the woods, and then you know, all of the people that don't love Jesus, not all of them, but a lot of them took over that whole naturalist world and started saying that we were billions and billions of years old. But didn't you ever dream of being a princess or... You know or- what? It's funny because I was thinking about this and I don't even think you had that written down anywhere, but I, the only dream that I tangibly remember, I didn't really even pursue because my dream was to be a businesswoman that wore a navy blue skirted suit every day, worked in a high rise, did accounting and, you know, crunch numbers and who knows what else was a power, power player. And, um, that, that was something I dreamed of as I was preparing to go to college. And, and yet that is so far from where God has taken me. And that's my fault because she had no. the opportunity. To <laughs> no, not at all. I destroyed her dreams think- of being single and I trapped her in marriage. Oh, it's 30 wonderful years of travel. Oh. You know, I just want to thank you for tuning in today as Martha and I talk through the book Chase the Lion, a new book by Mark Batterson. You know, we read this book and we just felt so strongly that we need to share it with you. We just picked one of our end of the year shows to just share it with you. It's a book. You need to go out and buy this book, Chase the Lion. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny because I've seen a couple of comments on Facebook and social media that I am amazed at how fast a book like this can spread across the country. So many of us love Circle Maker. That was Mark Batterson's that was a last phenomenal really book big, on prayer. great seller. And um, one of the things we love about, about Mark Batterson, I can see it's so for easy for say, you to say, <laughs> is the fact that he is like a massive cheerleader in words on a written page. He encourages you and makes you believe that um, that you can take what he's writing through the scriptures and make a difference. And I think that's, he's easy to read for that reason because he's such an encouragement. He's a challenging, but in a way that's very motivational. And, um, but I just, I was amazed. I just have seen drips of it all over the place of people reading it. And I'm like, how does everybody know about it? And I guess that's when you know that, that 
Christian retailers, publishers, they're doing their job right. They're getting the word out there. People's lives are being changed because of books like this. It's too late to put on your Christmas list for this year, but maybe you'd like to buy somebody a New Year's gift. Go out there and buy a copy of this book, literally. But don't just buy you know, don't buy it for a friend. Buy it for yourself. Unless you're buying it for yourself too. Yeah, you gotta buy yourself. It, it what it's gonna let's just let's just lay out what this is all about. Okay. Okay. Because it says it says on the cover of the book, if your dream doesn't scare you. It's too small. Now, this whole book and Mark's previous book, Chasing a Lion into the Pit, into a Pit on a Snowy Day. No, a lion in the pit. In a pit with a lion. In a pit with a lion on a snowy snowy day. day. Sorry about that, Mark Patterson, if you're listening today. Maybe he is. You never know. (laughs) Um, Chase the lion. If your dream doesn't scare you, it's too small. You know, this is based on a story of Benaiah, one of David's mighty men. David, remember, had 33 mighty men. And these guys were incredible warriors. And Benaiah is known and is famous for two things. But one of the things was he chased a lion into a pit on a snowy day. Actually, he attacked the lion, which was in a pit on a snowy day. And the whole premise behind it is he didn't want to get caught off guard by this lion attacking him. So he attacked the lion first. Now, all you people that are out there going, I can't believe he killed a lion. Please don't go there. The point of the story is he was he was <laughs> sorry. I'm cracking. I'm laughing. Martha. Martha's cracking up on me. Uh, but the whole point of this is that you know Benaiah was known for huge faith. His dream was he attacked a lion before the lion attacked him. And, and, and we need to grab life by the horns and dream big. I think that's really the the point. And for anybody who wants to read the story for themselves, it's in 2 Samuel 23. And starting in verse 8, it talks about David's mightiest warriors. And verse 20 is where it starts to talk about Benaiah. And in the NLT, it says, Another time on a snowy day, he chased a lion down into a pit and killed it. And the whole point behind this book is the fact that who chases a lion? Who? Who is crazy enough, determined enough, Dreaming big enough to think that you can chase a lion to get to it. Just thinking about makes my palms sweat. I know. I'm thinking Bush Gardens and just like seeing a lion, you know. And how about that video on YouTube? We've all actually it's on the Weather Channel app. They have it on there, but on YouTube, you see the little kid is is sitting behind the glass at a zoo somewhere, and he's looking at the little lion, and another lion comes over and wakes up. It's like the male lion comes up and wakes up the female lion, and. And she does not wake up happy, and she just goes hog wild crazy and attacks the male lion. And the little kid runs screaming for his life, and they're behind three or four inches of glass. Yeah. I mean, lions, Of course you would see that on the Weather Channel. You see all the videos. The greatest videos are on the Weather <laughs> Channel app. Absolutely. Just, mm. I have no idea. The greatest one last week, though, was the guy golfing on a pond of ice. His ball, his ball had gone out in the, under the water, but it was frozen, so he decided he was going to hit off the ice, and he hit behind the ball. And cracked the no, ice. and slipped and fell and cracked, oh, yeah. fell on the ice and cracked the ice and fell right through. That was the funniest video. Love that. Let's because I've lived, that I've lived with I lived with ice. Okay, so, so back to this. The point book, was chasing Mark a Batterson. lion is not natural. It's crazy. Okay, but the Lord places a dream on our hearts. He He places a vision on our hearts. Things big, but in order to accomplish those dreams, it takes an incredible amount of faith, mm-hmm. and that's really what this is. This book is about is. There's no way you're going to accomplish great big things without the power of God behind you. You know, he says right at the beginning of the beginning of the book, you can do nothing wrong, but still do nothing right. How many of our lives look like this? Oh, yeah. 
A we we lived time. cautious the whole mm-hmm. way through. You mm-hmm. talk about being a bookkeeper, an accountant, cautious. I know. I just did a Blue little suit. quiz. I'm preparing for a show for next week and did a little quiz that we're going to talk about next week. And, and my profile is I am a planner. And so one of the things it talked about in there is the fact that you can plan to the point where you don't even execute. And that's really that's what this is talk do. about. Talk, yeah. Oh, yeah. But this is what it's saying. You know, you, you're not doing it wrong. But if you're doing nothing, you're, you're never you're not doing what's right because you're not making that move for the Lord. Okay, so let's just head back on this just a little bit because what was it about this book that resonated so much with you? What was it that resonated so much for okay, me? Okay, now she's repeating the question back, which means she's thinking. So let me just tell you. <laughs> we are on radio and last, I'm not supposed to have last, dead time. Last, Jim, last, what about this last book? Last year, Martha and I decided to go through uh, the Jesus Calling, Day and Night Jesus Calling, together as our devotional. And the theme all year long was waiting, trusting, hoping, and obeying. Waiting, trusting, hoping, and obeying. Yeah. And it was, I don't want to say it was annoying, because, Lord, you're not annoying, but it was. It was right where we were living. We're, we're, we're asked, the Lord is saying, we want you to go all in on the radio, mm-hmm. you know, quit your full-time jobs, go do this radio ministry, and trust me in this thing. Obey me in this thing. Obey me, and I'll show you how it'll work. And it was, it was big. And it wasn't until we started doing that that the Lord started laying on a dream, listen, I want the show to go national. Mm-hmm. I, I want you to start expanding the reach. And when I saw this, I'm like, if your dream doesn't scare you, it's too small. I got dreams that scare the living daylights out of me <laughs> all day long. Like the trip we took, we've talked about it. Many of you who are regular listeners, we took a trip across the country promoting I work for him from here to Tucson and back through Kansas and Atlanta. And that was scary. Not to mention we drove our van with 240,000 miles on it. But That it was, was scary. That was scary. But that it, um, but that it was just like reaching out. Mm-hmm. So what about the book? really resonated with you why did you why did you pick it up and go i'm going to finish that book because you don't always finish books well again i just i love mark batterson's heart and i love the way he presents it in such a way that's saying you know i feel like he's talking to me i feel like he's saying martha you've you've need to figure out what lions you need to chase and i don't have all those answers yet but it's encouraged me to maybe take some bigger steps all right, he says on page five of this book, right in the beginning, what is a God-sized dream? Mm-hmm. Unless God does it, it can't be done. That, that's a definition. He does things we can't do, so we can't take credit for them. God honors big dreams because big dreams honor God. When we went on the radio, I mean, I just, I just go back to that, that, you know, when I said, when we, were, when we got approached about doing the I Work Frame radio program, I'm like, no way, we're not going to do that. That's crazy. But we had prayed very specifically, Lord, how do we get the message of I Work Frame out to thousands of people? And, and I'd also prayed before that, Lord, I want a job where my success can't ever be attributed to Jim Brangenberg and my background or Martha Brangenberg and her background. It's got to be something where our success is totally attributable to God. And that was this dream, this radio show. And, and, and that's, I it's like, I couldn't put this book down after I read that. I'm like, okay, we need to dream big because it takes faith to dream big. Yes, it does. And the other side of that was the book in um, talking about the fact that if we are dreaming small because we think our God is small, then we need to repent of that. Okay. Well, that's kind of convicting. What do you mean by that? Well, the fact that if we don't really think that something can happen, 
then we're saying well, God's not capable of of allowing it to happen. And we, especially in America, I believe, do put God in a box. It's like, well, he only does this. And, you know, I can't really ask him to do something outside of that box because that would be radical. And, um, you mean radical, like the power of God, radical, Holy Spirit driven power of the Holy Spirit. Sure. Okay. When Anything. I, when I read that part about, it says right in there, uh, that, Right at the beginning of the book, again, it says it's a call to repentance of our small dreams and our small God. Mm -hmm. We're keeping God in a box. When I read that, I thought back to a church business meeting back in the early 90s that our church were going to. And they were talking about building a new building. Mm -hmm. And everybody's 90% of the people are going, let's do it. But it means we're going to have to borrow a million dollars. And there was one guy in that congregation said, no way, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't go in debt to do this. If God wants us to do this, he'll provide for it. And I remember being extraordinarily critical of this guy. And I can remember his name. I, I probably should read, I should probably find him on LinkedIn or somewhere uh-huh. and apologize. Mm-hmm. And, but he understood it. Mm-hmm. If God's calling us to build this building, God's going to provide for it. We shouldn't have to borrow money to do it because that's, why should a church be enslaved to a bank? And, and that's, that's that repentance of a small dream. So many of us operate, well, well, God's calling us to do that, but God hasn't provided for it yet, so I'm going to help him out because so, God's too, too weak to help me get this accomplished. So a great example of that, again, is going back to the Experiencing God Bible study that we're doing right now and Henry Blackaby talking over and over and over again about how his church trusted that God an idea of where God was working and but said, Lord, we don't have the finances for it. We don't have the people for it. And trusting God to provide that and him doing it. And not over moving. And, yeah. Not, until he did. Yeah. We are such a society of convenience that we can kind of make the lions do, you know, things sometimes because we manipulate. And that's not what this is about. We put them in a cage and poke them with a electric prod or something. I mean, it just, it, it goes down to, again, the cover of the book. If your dream doesn't scare you, it's too small. And the Lord has placed you with uh, incredible gifts, unique. Each one of us has unique gifts, talents, and abilities, and God has a unique thing for us to do. And that thing is going to be so incredible. It's going to take us realizing we can't do it our own. It's going to take a great big God to complete it. And if it, and if our dreams don't require that, then we're not dreaming big enough. Yeah, so I hope this is an exciting conversation that people will want to pick this up and figure out for themselves what maybe God's building as a dream inside of them we've got donna clute calling in to talk about her experience with chase line donna welcome to our work for him hi jim hi martha happy new hi. year hi happy new year it's not new year yet, well though. it's the it's, it's the time enough. donna what are you dreaming big for 2017 oh my big dream is putting to work what god's been doing in me for the last uh, few years and uh it looks like it might be a book a book Mm-hmm. Nice. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Donna, I told everybody that you're calling in and that you work for an organization called New Life Solutions. Why don't you really give us a quick 30-second on what New Life Solutions is all about? New Life Solutions uh, began in 1985 as a crisis pregnancy center, and today we have six outreaches. We help women, when they find themselves in an unplanned pregnancy, understand all their choices, and make. And we support life choices that they make. We also have, um, under our umbrella, a youth development program to go into middle schools and high schools and help students understand that all their choices affect their future. We have the first accredited birth center in the state of Florida as a part of our ministry. That's Breath of Life. And 
and uh, passages of hope, women and men who have abortions in their past, they need healing. And so we offer a nine-week Bible study that helps bring them to a place of healing and recovery uh, for past choices that they've made. And um, also, who am I forgetting? Perinatal comfort care, families that um, get critical diagnosis of their children um, when the, when they're still in the womb. Um, they need counseling, and they need somebody to walk through um, a pro-life choice with that. And so um, perinatal comfort care is a part of that as well. And Shepherd's Village is also a part of our ministry, uh, led by Phyllis Alderman, and uh, they help single-parent families break the cycle of living from crisis to crisis and learn how to be not just a sustainable family but a contributing member to their faith community and their um, societal community. Where can you, where can people find out more about New Life Solutions online? NewLifeSolutions.org. NewLifeSolutions.org. Nice commercial, Donna. I like that. I did Thank not you. tell Donna she was going to give it a commercial when she called in. It's part of her job description. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for doing that. I really appreciate it. No and I just want to say for our listeners for our that listeners. If, they're, if they heard anything about that, that there is a resource for someone that they know New Life Solutions is going to be able to help with that. So yeah, It's really pretty incredible. Yes. Donna, you you called Martha and said, hey, there's a book you got to read, but you ended up buying her a copy because you didn't want to share your copy. This book, <laughs> Chase the Lion. What was it about this book that you said, I've got to read that book? Um, well, I enjoyed the first book, In a Pit, in a pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. Um, mm-hmm. That really sparked a lot of interest in me, and I really loved that book. That was really the first one of Mark's books that I read and fell in love with it, with it and fell in love with how he writes. And then when I saw Chase the Lion out and saw that it was a follow-up to that first book 10 years later, I got very excited about that and decided I needed to take a look at it, and I went ahead and bought it, and I couldn't put it down. Um, I was I was just glued to the pages. Could could not put the book down. What was it about that topic that that you couldn't put it down? What was it? I mean, what was it that was just resonating in your heart? The fact that God is the one who who implants our dreams. He desires for us to um, imitate Him in that way. So we are to be imitators of Christ. We are to carry in us the attributes of our Father, and our Father created the dream. And he has implanted that in us. In fact, that is one of the things that Mark says separates us from every from every other part of his creation. As image bearers of Christ, image bearers of our of our God, we carry this dream gene that nobody else does. And so we're we're able to dream and contemplate and follow after these dreams. And okay, so that so what, that excited what, me. What was it about the book that you said, Wow, Martha and Jim need to read this book? Uh, I knew that you guys were in the middle of transition. I, um, Martha and I are accountability partners, and so, um, you know, I knew kind of where you guys were. And it's like, you know, if there's ever a book that was written for them, right now this is the book that's written for for them where they are. Um, I knew I was in a place of transition, and I knew that you guys were in a position of transition as well. And it was, I wanted you to be as excited about transition as I was. So what was what was the number one thing that you as you turned the page the last page of the book and you and you and you closed it up the hardback cover and you're like ah oh, oh my goodness what was the one thing you walked away from walked away with that said that's going to impact my life forever it, the, in the closing chapters of the book he gives 
direction on how to chase the dream. It's not just inspiring you to dream like it is in the first several chapters. At the end, it's action steps. Um, I think a lot of us have dreams, and we've never been taught how to pursue the dreams. And so it was really great to just have that inspiration of, you know, we're, we're dreamers because God created us to be dreamers, but on the back end of it, we've got to have a plan on how to get those get those dreams into reality, and that's what this book brought that the previous book did not. Mm. So, okay, I mean, I love that. I love that summary because this, this book was so impactful, and I couldn't, as you, I'm an avid reader, and I couldn't put it down either. In fact, I grabbed it from Martha first, which I remember texting you going, uh, Martha wasn't reading it yet, so I'm reading it first. Yeah. And I just, and I love that. What it, so I just want to thank you for introducing us to it because it, we are being asked to dream big and there's no way that I work for him will expand across the country without the hand of God getting involved. And I know that. And that, and we're totally cool with that. We're totally cool with, we understand that it may take the Lord's timing and not our timing. Well, it's gonna, it, we could try to do it on our own, but we just would burn and, you know, crash and burn. But so thank you for sharing it with us. Well, so, I, I knew that you guys would appreciate it. And, you know, because of our friendship, I, I can see that that you guys just have this desire to want to chase after everything that God puts in front of you. And so when I read this, it was like, if anybody's going to enjoy this book as much as me, it's going to be them. Well, thank you so much for sending it our way. And I really hope that our listeners are, are getting a grasp of the fact that, um, you know, it is amazing what one sentence in scripture can inspire in people. Because if you really break it down and say, okay, if Benaiah chased a lion into a pit and killed it, and that was, you know, him being outside of himself, you know, and this was mm-hmm. all God, what can we do in our lives? Where has God positioned us? And what is he calling us to accomplish for his kingdom, because ultimately, you know, that that really, you know, Mark Batterson talks in the book about that being Benaiah's um, part of his resume, really. And, you know, if he wants to be a, a bodyguard, boy, who would you rather have on your team than somebody who's gone after a lion? <laughs> yeah, I exactly. And when you read the whole story of Benaiah and, you know, he killed this Egyptian um, by taking his sword, his uh, spear away from him and killing him with his own spear. I mean, there's things like this that... The average person isn't capable of doing, and Benaiah didn't know he was capable of doing these things. He just knew that these were things in front of him that he had to do, and it was a do-or-die attitude, and I love that about it. And I think in our culture, we're taught to avoid situations where where the odds are against us. And page 35, um, Mark Batterson um, says in there, we tend to avoid situations where the odds are against us, but when we do, we rob God of the opportunity to do something supernatural. And that really convicted me, because how often do I play it safe? And I I don't want to play it safe. And I am a risk taker. I tend to be a risk taker. Um, But this just fired that side of me up a lot more. Speaking of taking risks, last question for you today. Mm Mm-hmm. Is there any question you think you should ask Martha and I on the air that our listeners should know the answer to? Um, wow, that is an awesome question, and I kind of feel like Martha in that regard. Uh, <laughs> uh, We're just I, I having think, fun on live radio today, and yeah, I just put Donna Clute, our good it, friend, on the spot. Isn't that, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? So let me put you on the spot. Um, what big vision does God have in front of you that you're even afraid to put words to. I mean, you've already voiced the 50 stations. Is there a bigger dream that God has 
planted inside of you that you haven't even given a voice to yet. Oh, I think I've probably given it a voice to it, but mm-hmm. I, I would say the thing that makes my palms sweaty is to be part of the unifying <laughs> movement within the body of Christ because I'm so, so sick and tired of all these different appendages of the body of Christ fighting each other and ministries fighting for the same people and churches not working alongside each other. And we want I work for him to be that platform that will draw people together because together we are exponentially more impactful on the kingdom than working separately because we can take advantage of all of the different gifts, talents and abilities that God has placed out there. And so what makes it sweaty is we have reached out to churches and every time we reach out to a church and you know, this, they, they just say, no, we got this under control. We got this. We don't really need your help. Well. <laughs> and and we've been told by pastors don't waste your time with churches and i want to i want to be part of the change of that but it makes my palms sweaty but it's not just the churches it's ministries we are, we are and ministries, uncovering correct. amazing ministries every day of the week that are understanding or starting to grasp this concept that what we do in the nine to five um, has purpose and mission and um the very word as jim was starting to speak the very word in my heart was unification and just believing that this is part of that attempt at unification. Not that everyone needs to be of one force, but one accord, one one force in the sense that we're all headed in the right direction for the kingdom and, and understanding that if we're all drawing our message from scripture, it is all the same message. It, it, it may be you know, spoken differently and to different um, audiences, but it's all the same message. So Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And John 17 speaks about that. I mean, Jesus is praying, and repeatedly in there he talks about unity. He talks about he and the Father being one. He talks about um, the unity of his people being one with him and one with each other. And unity is something that God delights in. And so we we need to quit thinking of other ministries as being competition and recognize that we're partners in ministry and um, we're doing things together to the glory of God. And your part is is taking feet to what's happening on Sundays and and putting it out into the mission field. And so it's a great ministry that you have, and I really believe in what you do, but I really believe in the whole of the body of Christ doing what we've been called to do, and that's taking feet to what we learn and what we study so that we're reaching the unreached people around us. Mm-hmm. Mm. Donna Clute. Thank you so much for calling into I Work For Him, and thanks for sharing this book with us because you're impacting thousands of people because you shared this book with us. Thank you so much for your friendship and your support. Thank you so much, guys. I hope to see you soon. Thanks, I want to read from the end of the book because this will really lay it up because this is just powerful. Mark Mark Batterson says that as he he does a, a benediction at the end of his service, and it says, and he says to his people, when you leave this place, you don't leave the presence of God. So in other words, the people are leaving the church service at the end of the end of Sunday. When you leave this place, you don't leave the presence of God. You take the presence of God with you wherever you go. It doesn't matter if you're on a spaceship on a 15-year trip to Pluto, which is no longer a planet, but your, God will be there with you when you get there. But then he ends the book with these words. Jesus didn't die just to keep you safe. He died to make you dangerous. Can I tell you who I think you are? You're a lion chaser. So do what you are destined to do. Chase the lion. We're talking about that book, Chase the Lion by Mark Batterson. Are you dreaming big? 
Do your dreams make your palms sweaty? Or are you living it safe, playing it safe? Jesus didn't call us to live a life that's safe. He called us to go all in. You're listening to I Work Rim with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Another fast-moving conversation today about chasing the lion. The story of Benaiah, Martha, what was the reference? It was Kings, uh, Second Kings, First Kings? Second Samuel. Se- that's what I meant to say, Second Samuel, because it's David, one of David's mighty men. Yes. Second Samuel. 23. 23. It starts about the mighty men on verse 8 and talks specifically about Benaiah killing the lion in verse 20. All right, so Mark Patterson wrote this book, Chase a Lion, and it's all about dreams. Do you think dreams so big that there's no way you could ever accomplish them without supernatural intervention in your dream? And I really believe that the Lord has laid those things on our hearts. But so often we put God in a box and go, well, that can't happen. No way you could ever pay cash for a car. No way you could ever pay cash to build a church building. No way you could ever reach a million people on a radio. No way you could ever reach a billion people with the love of Jesus Christ. I mean, we always, we put these limitations on, but if the Lord has laid a dream on your heart, he has the capability of accomplishing that dream with you. He just needs your willing heart. He does. And, you know, one of the things that Mark Batterson does, again, in the book, Chase the Lion, he is really good about seeing what God has done in retrospect, often looking back and saying, this couldn't have happened without some step being taken or someone else dreaming a big dream. He gives his father-in-law a lot of credit for his spiritual growth over the years because he saw the dreams that his father-in-law had. And he tells stories about um, how he knows that some of the things his church has accomplished is because of other dreams that have been dreamed. And I gave this book to my dad for his birthday. And the one of the reasons I love this book, and I we talk a lot about inheritance and legacy and um, things like that as far as with our parents, you know, and, and the next generations and things like that. And so he's talking about the fact that what we, even when we feel that we are not making a difference, God might by, be using us in a way that we're not aware of. It's not the immediate impact that matters most. It's the exponential impact to the third and the fourth generations. An inheritance is what you leave for someone. A legacy is what you leave in someone. And so he talks about how the fact that your dream might be a legacy to the third and the fourth generations because of the the decisions that you made. I know for a fact, my parents going on the mission field was a huge part of the influence in my life and the legacy that I've lived because they dared to do something bigger than what um, most people would dare to do. Well, and if they hadn't done that, if they hadn't been obedient to that, we never would have met. We would not have met. Or God would have found a different way, maybe, but... but Thankfully, that wasn't the case. But it was their obedience that intersected our lives right at the end of your mission field experience. Yes. It's just incredible. Yeah. All right. So I I wanted to highlight this last piece. On page 175, Mm. Mark Batterson asked this question. Are you living for the applause of people or the applause of nail-scarred hands? Are you trying to make a name for yourself or make the name of Jesus famous? Are you building altars to God or monuments to yourself? And I think when I look at my life, Martha, I I look at the first 37 years, I was making monuments for myself. I really felt like I was trying to do, I was trying to do great big things in the name of God, but it was really to get me the center of attention. 
And I really feel like the, the time in Florida, our last 13 years, that the Lord has really shifted that paradigm because we really want to make the name of Jesus popular. In fact, we want to bring the name of Jesus back into the workplace mm-hmm. so that people understand that impact. But that's that, asking those questions. Are we living for the applause of people or the applause of Jesus's nail-scarred hands? Are we trying to make a name for ourselves or the na- name of Jesus famous? Are we building altars to God or monuments to ourselves? Those are powerful questions. And um, I think that those would be worthy of posting, you know, on our reminder to be asking ourselves periodically and saying, hey, what's your purpose for doing the things you're doing? We could tweet those. We could. Somebody needs to help me learn how to do Twitter. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it. I need to do that. And is it okay for me to put somebody else's quote out there? That's That's, the whole idea. That's the whole idea. Okay. I want to make sure I put that. All right. So, but as part of this dreaming big, what are the questions that you're asking yourself? Mm-hmm. Are you dreaming big dreams? Are your dreams so big they make your hands sweaty? Are your dreams so big that you know that there's no way they can be accomplished without the hand of God in your life? That's the kind of dreams that God wants us to dream. Just like he asked Beniah to chase the lion into a pit on a snowy day so that the lion didn't hijack him, but he hijacked the lion and kept it from killing him. You know, and that's part of that whole I Work For Him Nation challenge. Go out to iWorkForHim.com, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag. Make that commitment today to chase that line in your office, your workplace, whatever it may be, to start praying for the people that you work with, serving the people that you work with, befriending the people that you work with, but all along being a person of excellence. Martha, this conversation on Chase the Line was incredible. Yeah, I hope our listeners go out and read the book. Yeah, they should do that. I invite you to go out and buy yourself a copy. Let Mark Patterson know that we told you to do it. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.